We spent two trillion dollars, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, you feel that? That's a groove. All right. Make you Good move. five o'clock somewhere. Morning, afternoon, underneath the moon, you're howling along with Mr. Manger. Well, that was former President George W. Bush. Anybody remember him? Now, I wanted to talk about MAGA because when you look at other movements after they were defeated during an election cycle, they didn't seem to have this kind of following for the most part. I mean, if you look at Al Gore for a while, I mean, sure, there was the dispute, but once he conceded, um, there wasn't much life after his defeat. I mean, you had ornery members of the Democratic Party and so on and so forth. Now, the relevance was even less so for, say, John Kerry... John McCain, Mitt Romney. I mean, honestly, the movements behind them weren't too fond of the um, the candidates that were chosen to represent them, and I use that loosely. Now, Hillary Clinton, um, I think on the sliding scale, she resides eh, with maybe some more enthusiasm because... She had the Russiagate hoax going for her. Um, a lot of people believed it for a very long time. A lot seemed to, to this day. I mean, in the Twitter world, if you look at uh, the Twitter lefties and so forth, some will go as far as to say Hillary Clinton was right about everything. I mean, I don't know how you can uh, stand up to that in the face of reality, but... That's the world we live in. So anyway, President Joe Biden has been struggling with figuring out ways to attack Republicans and especially those in the MAGA movement. With the help of a left-wing focus group, he managed to energize um, the MAGA movement even in the midst of say, what you might call, what I'm going to call, an identity crisis. But this is being overshadowed by Joe Biden's own failures and incompetence. I mean, the one thing that seems to unite MAGA is their contempt for Biden. Napoleon famously said, Never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. Now, in recent years, um, Donald Trump has 
added to the confusion within his base, tested their loyalty. Dr. Oz, for example. And another example is constantly taking credit for the vaccines. Now, I understand he didn't really leave office with much to take credit for. I mean, to be honest, I think with Trump, it's that you had a representative, a figurehead of someone who at least fought back here and there against the establishment, the swamp, as he called it. Now, I'm not saying he always did that. Trump had one foot in that world, but the other one, the other foot was in things such as Operation Warp Speed. And of course, you know, you probably wouldn't have these vaccines rush to the market and therefore linked to Donald Trump, who was pushing for these vaccines. And by extension, the mandates are tied to Mr. Trump, even if he was genuinely against those. Having a vaccine at all for a coronavirus is really new ground. Effective vaccines generally take years in the making, sometimes an entire decade to get through the bureaucratic hurdles, the testing, and the approval, and so forth. If you recall, 1976, the swine flu broke out, and it was eventually coupled with a very bad and dangerous push for vaccination. Something like a quarter of Americans were inoculated. Now, a decade later, the federal government made it nearly impossible to sue a vaccine manufacturer. That's where the MAGA movement seems to be these days, is in something of a pretty confused world, there seems to be distance between Mr. Trump and MAGA the movement. Even if, you know, you look at the Facebook, the Twitter, the Gitter profiles, you name it, so many of them have pictures of Donald Trump and portraying Trump as this strongman savior of the nation. Now, anyway, Joe Biden thought that he had a knockout punch with this line, Ultra Maga. It was intended as a term of derision. Instead, it was a remarkable embarrassment. And that followed this six-month left-wing focus group study. Biden does not come off as a playful or humorous person, but a cranky old man struggling to compose a coherent insult at his opposition. In terms of trolling warfare, he is MAGA's self-made punching bag. If you recall a couple months ago, there was this effort called Dark MAGA, and it was introduced to re-energize the MAGA movement from within and to um, get Trump focused on the foot that put him in office, the foot that energized the MAGA movement as opposed to the foot that got caught in the swamp. So the MAGA movement was trying to revive itself with this phrase, Dark MAGA, in which this Twitter user, Conan, described as an effort to demand that Trump would embrace a harder and more focused approach to the role only he could fill. 
I think there's some truth to that quote, actually. And I'm not saying this to glorify Trump, but law of averages, there are very few politicians who honestly seem to stand out apart from the game and say much of anything defiant. Now, Dark Maga itself has kind of a spooky connotation, not unlike, say, Dark Money, the Dark Ages, the Dark Enlightenment. But of course, you know, the opposition, get them in the room for much of anything, they screw it up. Never underestimate Biden's ability to F things up. That's right out of Obama. If Joe Biden has this one thing that he managed to fix, the revival of the MAGA movement, he's going to have that distinction. In March, Raheem Kassam wrote a Substack piece about dark MAGA that should help us pin down the phenomenon. He says, Dark MAGA has been appearing across social media for just over a week. I'm trying to come to grips with it. What is dark MAGA? And is the right going to be let down another Q-style garden path, trusting the plan, only for a plot to never emerge? If you ask some of the progenitors of Dark Maga, it's not a Q thing, not remotely close. It's a response to Donald Trump being swallowed in part by Washington, D.C. and the political blob interjection. I totally agree. Anyways... The endorsements, the appointees, the consultants, Dark Maga says enough. And it appears to root itself in a synthwave-style alternative reality that wonders what could have been. Had Trump and his team pursued immorality and its favorite abode, the D.C. Swamp, more forcefully, Twitter user Conan describes it as an aesthetic demand that Trump embrace a harder and more focused approach to the role only he could fill. He was too kind-hearted, too forgiving. Dark Maga demands he learn from his mistakes. So in there, there is an acknowledgement that as president, it wasn't always clear to Donald Trump who the swamp consisted of. State Department diplomat James Jeffrey, for example, bragged about always playing shell games to deceive the president on troop levels in Syria. Miles Taylor, who secretly penned a book entitled A Warning by Anonymous. He went by Anonymous at the time. Mr. Taylor also wrote an op-ed in the New York Times entitled I Am Part of the Resistance Inside the Trump Administration. So the dishonesty, the loyalty, and the insubordination weakened the Trump administration from within. How did this resistance continue? Why wasn't anyone who knew the ropes competent enough to identify the rot? The lust for power and a government paycheck solidified the will for such actors to obstruct the president. So Kassam continues, But invariably, dark MAGA will be set upon by the left, and probably the feds, and probably also just a bunch of spoilers and posters. I've already started to notice some dark manga posts, including the Nazi flag. Cue the hit piece from The Guardian, who will no doubt tell us Ukraine's Azov fighters are only 10% Nazis, but we should send them lots of weapons and money. 
and that Dark Maga is for sure a real national socialist movement in America, the supporters of which have their bank accounts frozen immediately. If I could speak to the MAGA audience, I mean, they do troll well. But I mean, this can be turned against you if you do something really stupid on Twitter and can be turned against an entire movement if enough people are representing it in this edgelord way. And I think that's true with any movement. Now I'm going to talk about the MAGA slogan more generally here. So what is America? Because you can't make America great without knowing what it is in the first place. America, the United States, is a collection of free and independent states. This phrase is used twice in the Declaration of Independence. It's reflected as a cornerstone principle in the U.S. Constitution and in the Articles of Confederation. This was the guiding principle. No decentralization would have meant no America. And even today, that hasn't changed. The United States was not founded as a unitary nation-state, but as a federative polity that respected differences by region and state boundaries. Now, once we can understand this, we can understand how to affect change as citizens. It affords us to be heard by state and local authorities when they're not bound by the whims of a national government instead of federal government that can serve a regional interest closer to home. So one of our very own MIWI group members introduced the Calhounian idea of the county unit system for consideration after she won a local position in public office in Texas. Now, I'm hoping to merely share the thunder here. I don't want to steal it uh, from those who've covered it. But this uh, member of our MIWI group was fortunate enough to get a shout-out from author and constitutional historian Brian McClanahan, and he devoted much of one of his recent episodes uh, towards applauding this. Brian McClanahan, for those of you who don't know, makes Think Locally, Act Locally a recurring theme in his episodes. In addition to McClanahan, this issue was also discussed in-depth on the Jeffersonian Tradition podcast, and I'm going to recommend a link uh, to that particular episode. I encourage you all to listen to it about the county unit system. So another thing that would honestly make America great again is not only having an America first posture in foreign policy, but one of non-interventionism. Now, this does not mean isolationism. You hear that all the time from critics who honestly do not know what they're even talking about. We're talking about productive engagement with other nations, but based on peace and prosperity, not a vicious chessboard game. Presently, even our so-called diplomacy is directed to enforce an expensive destruction and dangerous world hegemony. But this can all be redirected to save not only hard-earned tax dollars, but many human lives. A nation should only commit to military action when it's attacked. A nation the size of the United States has no real reason to entangle itself in such multinational military alliances as NATO. While it may serve smaller nations to have regional security agreements, the U.S. is large enough 
to stand armed and neutral. In a recent article by David Brady of the Libertarian Institute, the shortcomings of the current MAGA brand, America First, are pointed out, including continuing the war in Somalia, missile attacks on Syria, a veto that continued U.S. involvement in the nasty war in Yemen waged by the Saudis, U.S. funding for Al-Qaeda, and lastly, trade warfare with China. Now, to be sure, there was hardly a shortage of satisfaction with Donald Trump calling George W. Bush a liar right to Jeb's face for his disastrous invasion of Iraq. And when Trump defeated such neocons as Marco Rubio, who basically ran as a Bush-era war hawk, the posture to reduce hostility with Russia and North Korea was criminally underappreciated by Trump's critics. Quickly forgotten in progressive circles were President Obama's own diplomatic efforts to make peace with those countries, especially early on in his first term. Instead, President Trump faced nonsensical accusations of coddling dictators and working for Vladimir Putin. The Washington establishment's newfound, most convenient scapegoat. But the swamp is far from drained, and all too often, MAGA falls for the shell games of the establishment on foreign policy. While there's valid concerns about China's power and influence over American life, trade warfare has been a reckless way of confronting it. All the more disturbing was MAGA's response to revelations that President Trump contemplated drone-bombing cartels in Mexico, a trading partner America is not at war with. It was the tribal conclusion of preferring Trump and his instincts over that of Defense Secretary Mark Espers. This, as opposed to a commitment of prudence and discernment. America's national debt has been a serious problem. In 2016, Naval Admiral Mike Mullen identified the national debt as the number one threat to America's security. Mullen is correct, and was correct, and several national security advisors and experts agreed with him. By the end of 2016, the national debt was $19.5 trillion. Although as a candidate, Donald Trump routinely railed about the national debt, it had shot up well past $27 trillion on his watch as president. Even in light of the COVID-19 outbreak, this could have been reined in and kept under control. But President Trump, eager to seize an opportunity to fund a border wall, signed a $1.4 trillion spending deal that largely went to pet projects embraced by Democrats. Only $1.4 billion of it provided funding for Trump's signature issue, being the border wall. So a penny on every dollar went to Trump's border wall. This was purely discretionary. The veto pen was right there in the room. If you blame Congress alone, you have no valid argument. Of course, you can anger a Trumper by stating the obvious. This particular bill should have been vetoed. It wasn't worth a penny on the dollar to get a small fraction of what the MAGA movement actually wanted, 
while mugging the next generation to pay for a grotesque spending spree on such items as gender programs in Pakistan, the study of a race riot from 1908, in the operational expenses of the Kennedy Center, which was closed during this time. The list of wasteful and abusive spending went on for 5,595 pages in the name of COVID relief and averted a government shutdown. Congress was given just six hours to read it as if before casting a vote. Now, of course, what you can block in occasions such as this is far more important than what you could pass. Congressman Thomas Massey, who Donald Trump now endorses, was met with universal hostility during this time for taking a principled stance against a voice vote for yet more COVID relief in the $2.2 trillion CARES Act. Trump took to Twitter to call Massey a third-rate grandstander and demanded he leave the Republican Party. In reality, the so-called CARES Act was perhaps the largest upward redistribution of wealth in American history. Among the giveaways to the wealthy and powerful was a corporate loss refund provision for up to 35% of losses going back to 2017. Joe Biden has helped the MAGA movement forget about the swamp it ultimately failed to drain. His constant policy and public relations disasters make any conceivable alternative seem desirable. It might not be a problem to run against the DNC regime and score a MAGA tidal wave victory in these midterm elections coming up. This would be akin to the Tea Party's midterm successes in 2012, the Tea Party tidal wave that Senator Rand Paul was a part of. In 2024, the presidential election might even be the GOP's for the taking, but eventually the MAGA movement is going to have to reconcile power with principle, or they're going to end up with ultimately neither. Well, that's going to do it today. I'd like to go ahead and thank you for joining me. Please share, like, and subscribe. And also check out my MeWe group. We'd love to have you. Love to have some rational discourse and poke a little fun and enjoy a little chaos. Thanks again.